Chapter 3 Building Up the Body of Christ If our aim is to discover the essence of our ancestral Christian heritage, this must begin by articulating the mission of the Armenian Church and zeroing in on it with laser focus. What is the mission statement of the Armenian Church? The question is not an easy one. Many and varied are the formulations of the Armenian Church's mission. For most of the diocese's history, its bylaws did not contain a formal statement of the Armenian Church's mission. Only in the last 30 years did the diocese frame an official mission statement to guide the ministry of the Eastern Diocese. It reads, The mission of the Armenian Apostolic Orthodox Church is to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and to proclaim its message of salvation. This mission is realized through worship, education, witness, service, and the common life in Christ as expressed in the distinctive faith experience of the Armenian people. All members of the Armenian Church both clergy and lay, are called to participate fully in its mission. A much more theologically refined formula is attributed to St. Gregory our Illuminator in his extraordinary catechism known as the Teaching of St. Gregory. It reads, To bring light to all people who come into this world. John chapter 1 verse 9 chapter 3, verse 19, chapter 9, verse 5. To offer repentance of salvation to all, John chapter 3, verse 17. To wash all people and deliver them from the chains of darkness by means of baptism, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. To seal all nations as Christ's inner circle, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 22. To make the Spirit of God dwell in people's hearts, Romans, chapter 5, verse 5, 2 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 22, Galatians, chapter 4, verse 6. To unite and join them to the love of the Son of God, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, so that the heart of all might shout out as one, and to unite all the world in saying, Abba, Father, so that the name of enslavement might be taken away, and the name of adoption be placed on them by the grace of Christ, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. To enable them to eat the body of the Son of God and drink the life-giving blood. John chapter 6, verse 54. So that thereby they escort the entire world into the inheritance of Christ to become heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. In Armenian, the text reads, 
Lusavor arnel zamenain mart vor kalotze hashares. Dal zabasharutyun pergutian amenetsun. Levanal zamenesian artsagel igabanats havari. Megurdutyampen yev Christosa kunt troshmel zamenain azges. Dal zhokis astudzo panagel isirdes martgan. Mia panel charnel iser astvazort vuin. Zisird amenetsun iprevmi agagagitze, yev zamenain ashares mia panel aselte appa, hair. Zipartzi anun zarayutian, yev titsi anun vortekrutian, schnorheloven Christosi. Udeles marmin astvazort vuin, yev embel zaryunen gentanarar. Zi ainu mtsen amenain ashar i jarankutyun Christosi, linel jarankort astudzo, yev jarankagits Christosi. St. Gregory's exquisite statement consists of little more than a chain of passages from the New Testament, Many of the very same Bible passages, as well as other phrases above, are repeated in the prayers and hymns of the Armenian Church's Sacrament of Baptism, which is the Church's gateway to living a life of faith in God. Noteworthy is St. Gregory's broad view of the Armenian Church's mission as pertaining to all people that come into this world. Striking as well is the joyous, hope-filled tone of the Church's work and its emphasis on bringing people together to unite and join them to the love of the Son of God and to draw them into Christ's inner circle. As members of the Church, we are called to build such closeness and intimacy with one another that we become truly a family brothers and sisters calling out to one Father. Every word from Jesus' mouth and every step of his life was, in a sense, a synopsis of God's expectations from his people. Something similar can be said of the teachings of St. Paul the Apostle. It is from the letter to the Church of Ephesus, traditionally attributed to St. Paul, that we choose a passage which succinctly yet eloquently articulates the essence, mission, and blessed destiny of the Church. It fully embraces the convictions above and speaks to the heart of the Armenian Church. And God's gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied, when each part is working properly, makes bodily growth 
and upbuilds itself in love. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Building up the body of Christ. The phrase itself and its context in this passage are rich with meaning. That richness begins with the subtlety of the word body. We use the word to refer to an organism or an organization in which many subordinate units interact for the functioning of the whole. A body is alive. It is active. It is creative and productive. Its constituent elements or members all contribute in very different ways to the well-being of the whole. They contribute to the identity of the whole, which is much greater than the sum of its parts. Here, as in a number of his writings, St. Paul's analogy refers specifically to the human body. See especially 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 to 31. The church is like a human body. The members of the church are like the parts of the body. Those parts are astonishingly diverse. The liver is as different from the fingernail as the tooth is from the adrenal gland, as the deacon is from the parish council chair. And yet, when each part is working properly, each in its own way, they facilitate the health of the whole. Just as God created and assigned a function for the kidneys, the thumbs, the heart, the liver, and so on, in the same way God ordained apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to collaborate in the church. This body, the church, is of Christ. She belongs to Christ and is his possession. This is why Christians refer to Christ as Lord. She is accountable to him, just as the renter is accountable to the landlord. In our day, it is all too easy to overlook this crucial point. Christ's ownership of the church is much more intimate than a person's ownership of his car. Christ's body is a part of him. It is a part of who he is. Just as my body does not just belong to me, it is who I am. Here is the grand mystery that sets Christianity apart from every other religion. In Christ, God is one with God's creatures. God is united to God's church. The body of Christ, the church, is not just an organization devoted to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, an institution dedicated to proclaiming his teachings and following them. She is much more than that. The church is a living organism inhabited by God. Christ, the Son of God, is the body's head. He is inextricably united with her. As head, 
Jesus Christ is the church's nerve center, coordinating her members, maximizing their efficiency, so that in full union with him, what the Bible refers to as communion, she can do God's work in this world as she inaugurates its fulfillment in eternity. To build up the body of Christ is to make the church what she truly is, placing Jesus Christ at the forefront of everything we do, and to upbuild ourselves in love, not only in our church services, but in our meetings, our fundraising, our activities, our bazaars, our personal relationships, our cultural events, our classrooms, our fellowship, our leadership, our planning. We can only be the body of Christ if we recall and continuously reclaim our integral connection to Jesus and to one another. As the Lord states categorically, apart from me, you can do nothing. John chapter 15, verse 5. St. Paul recognizes that his beatific vision of the church does not come about automatically. Apparently, it was not being realized in the church of Ephesus. There, it seems, each part was not working properly. There was dysfunction. There seems to have been some space between the body and Christ. The members were not attaining to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Some additional efforts had to be made in order for the community to upbuild itself in love. The Armenian Church faces some of the very same challenges. Not all of our people, parishes, parish organizations, and diocesan structures are truly growing up in every way, into him who is the head, into Christ. It is questionable whether we are genuinely following Jesus. Instead of following him, many people call on him to follow them only when they need him. Not every member of the church is fully committed to our Christian mission and ministries. Too many have surrendered that effort to the clergy. The primary business of our church meetings needs to focus on the true business of the body of Christ, attaining to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. It is so much easier, so much more instinctive to immerse ourselves in the comparatively easier work of fundraising programming, building maintenance, and numbers games. It is by exploring the specifically Christian culture of the Armenian Church that we discover its unique experience of Jesus Christ. We come truly to know God when we immerse ourselves in the insights revealed in her saints, liturgy, history, theologians, music, and sacred art. We must breathe that life into our people 
and upbuild our communities and church bodies in love. Do we love God, not just believe in Him? Jesus says, If a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. John chapter 14, verse 23. St. Paul urges us to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The church must guide her people to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, so that we may follow him as our Lord and Master. In this way, we become disciples of Jesus Christ. Over and over again in the Gospels, Jesus said to the people he encountered, Follow me. St. Gregory, our Illuminator, asks us essentially the same questions. Are our church parishes bringing light to all people who come into this world? Is our diocese bringing relief to those who are bound by chains of darkness? Are the churches of our diocese drawing people into Christ's inner circle? How well are we uplifting people's hearts with the Spirit of God? Are our churches places of safety, serenity, harmony, and communion? Are they places of joy where, like a family, we look to one purpose, to one God who is Father? What is our diocese's role in uniting all the world? Tough questions. Their purpose is not to indict, however, nor to blame or guilt people into action. Their aim is to invite critical reflection, to recognize the signs of the times, to see if each part is working properly. By thinking outside the box, they prompt us to aspire to the integrity, the hope, and joy that is the body of Christ.